Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mmm. It's a beautiful morning here in Santa Fe. Nice and peaceful. We went for a walk already. We uh, went for a walk yesterday morning, too. Our um, running treadmill has been acting up, although I think David has fixed it now. But we, so we've been going out to run first thing in the morning. <laughs> I'm noticing, I'm just coming out to the secret garden and I'm noticing that um, we have this window from in the garage and Isabel has been getting up on these kind of piled up cushions. She loves, this is her new spot. She loves hanging out in the garage. Hello, Hummer. And it's shifted enough that one of the Halloween decorations is showing, which is a skeleton of a dog. <laughs> and it's kind of tooth bared through the window. It's funny. It's not seasonal, but it's funny. I might take a picture of it for you guys anyway, because it's funny. So a really cool thing happened the other night. Oh, I, I should have finished, but so we've been going out walking first thing, which is really nice because it's just so pretty and good to get out. So um, I've been talking about our rodent infestation, right? And how um, <laughs> mice have just been taking over. And these are largely deer mice, which are carnivorous. Um, I've been told that they will uh, climb up into the birdhouses and like kill the bluebirds sitting on the nest sitting on the eggs and then eat the eggs or they'll eat the hatchlings. These are not the sweet, helpful Disney mice. So the we've been able to, the last few nights, look out on the front porch when there's just the front porch light on under the portal. And we can see the mice running around on the front porch getting seeds and chasing each other and getting bugs and stuff. And now that the Miller moths have hatched, those mice have been, they were out there jumping up and attacking those moths and eating the moths. That's right, Ren. So we were surprised to see those mice eating the moths. Well, Tuesday night, we looked out and... We were surprised to David called me and he said that um, he called me over and there was a bobcat on the porch. It was not the adult bobcat that we saw earlier this year. This was a teenage bobcat, um, not a kitten, but not fully grown either, kind of long in the leg. And, and this bobcat was apparently munching something, happily munching something. It had its back to us, and we could see its little stumpy tail, little bobtail, twitching happily um, in sheer merriment. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> and then it finished eating whatever it was eating, and it looked around, and it spotted a mouse go run by under one of the potted plants, and it crouched down and did the kitty butt wiggle and leapt, and caught the mouse and began eating it. So, 
Who knew, right? Who knew that the bobcats would catch mice just like our kitties? So that was really, that was amazing to see. And we were like, go, bobcat, go. <laughs> Eat those mousers. Restore the balance of nature. I can't tell if um, anything's happening with baby group begonia. It's too soon to tell, I'm sure. It'll all depend on whether or not it's rooted. We'll just have to leave it be. So that was our big excitement. I uh, even called my mom yesterday morning to tell her about it. And she tried to get me to record my podcast early. But um, I was trying to get some stuff done. <laughs> and I was not entirely successful. I didn't get a whole lot done yesterday. So I uh, was going to put up a blog post but I was also planning to do an unboxing video because I got the boxes of my finished books, A Fiery Crown from St. Martin's. Yay! So I thought, well, I'd do the unboxing video and post it to the blog. And then the day just kind of got away from me. <clears throat> I have to record several videos, you know, and I'd like to consolidate my efforts at hair and makeup, right? <laughs> So I decided to postpone the unboxing video for today. So today I have writer coffee, which doesn't require hair and makeup, but could. And then I have an interview with the wonderful Leslie Penelope of My Imaginary Friends. And, you know, she does the YouTube video of her podcast. So I have to be video ready for that. Which I didn't figure out till yesterday. That was one of my <laughs> deciding factors. I was like, oh shit, I forgot. Because I never watch it. I only listen to her. So, um, I'm going to do that video. I'm going to do the unboxing video, signing video. And also record an awards presentation. So, that's uh, a lot of things for me to do this afternoon. And I started working up. I did set up the template for The Lost Princess Returns and made some notes. And then I'm also working on this new thing that um, I think I told you guys about on Tuesday, that I, a new concept that I discussed with Sarah. So I think I'm going to spend today and tomorrow trying to get some words laid down on that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still feeling very distracted by all of these businessy things between the book release and Nebula conference meetings. It's just feeling like a lot of being scheduled and so forth. So, so there we are. Um, oh, and I had a touchback too. I thought this was interesting because two conversations that go together. I was still talking about Lord of the Flies with David and mentioning that my mom and Dave hadn't uh, seen it or read it. And, but clearly all of us who were born in the 60s, going forward a significant amount, um, had to read it. Not all of us. Some of you said that you hadn't. But one thing that... David said was, we were sort of talking about the reality of human nature, what would happen. And he said, oh, the thing is, is if there were girls on the island, 
then that would have been different. And um, and I said, oh, I think you're working off of some programmed assumptions, sir. And, and it kind of bothered me because it goes back to this article that I wrote about reflexive patriarchal thinking, where there is this really programmed idea that if females are present, that they are automatically going to be raped or be, you know, if they're attractive or if they're not, then they're too weak to contribute. And this article I wrote, which won't be out for a long time, so I should probably start talk, stop talking about it. it, won't be out till the, the winter bulletin. But, you know, it's about when you're creating an alternate fantasy world, if you are incorporating those ideas into your alternate fantasy world, then you should really look at why. Um, why are you assuming that an unprotected woman will be raped? Because this doesn't have to be an inherent part of a culture. You know, we have this idea that without technology, that women are weak and helpless. And certainly, birth control goes a whole long way to emancipating a woman um, and allowing her the, the freedom to be not pregnant and not raising babies. But... The sorry, I started thinking about something else, and I shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, boy, I just had a real. I I got this whole other thought about something. Reset, Jeffy. Yeah. Okay. So you should be thinking about why are you weaving that into your culture, because it doesn't have to be true. Um, you, if you are creating your alternate fantasy world, you can give your women access to birth control. You can make up, I mean, you've got magic anyway, right? Why can't you give them magical birth control? If you're assuming that the women can't fight, why are you assuming that? Um, if you're assuming that the males in the culture will rape anything female that they get access to, why is that a part of your culture? I'm not saying don't put it in there, don't have that be part of your culture, but be aware of why you're making that part of this world that you have control over, that you've created. Because it's obviously very much part of our culture, you know, and David grew up in Wyoming, born and raised in Wyoming, and he does have some of these uh, reflexive opinions, you know, like that, you know, women aren't safe, you know, that they have to be protected. And so I thought it was funny that he said that about, well, if there'd been a, a girl on the island, then that would have, you know, changed the dynamic for sure. We were talking about the, the real life one. And I was like, what it? But, you know, I let it go. But then it was interesting because Shannon Moreau, a friend of the podcast, as Leslie says, I think that's funny that Leslie says that, friend of the podcast, um, Shannon listens. And Shannon is a... Uh, a writer, and she is also president of our wonderful Lyra chapter down in Albuquerque. And Shannon commented on the podcast the other day about being forced to read Lord of the Flies. And on top of that, she said she had this male English teacher who was talking about how made them like go through some sort of exercise and how if there had been one girl included that she would have been like pregnant or dead. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, Shannon, I didn't give you a very articulate response, but this is my more articulate response where I just said, no. <laughs> and it's like, well, no wonder, you know, we're also relentlessly taught these things, right? Well, Hummer. Oh, yeah. You want to sit up there? I've got the hummingbird feeders hanging up in the grape arbor here. Hummer had to come sit on the branch and look at me like I was interfering. <laughs> the, um, I cleaned out two of the hummingbird feeders yesterday. I was just, for some reason, all the piddly things were bothering me yesterday. And uh, two of them were just full of ants. What, uh, it's like the, the spring of infestation, I swear. I get why this is happening in cities with people like being in, but we're doing our normal activity thing. I don't understand it. Maybe it's um maybe Gaia is reasserting herself. So I tried putting I'd read that if you put Vaseline on the hanger of the hummingbird feeder that the ants won't get in there. And so far, I mean twenty four hours later, not not even twenty four hours later, it maybe more like twelve. <laughs> it seems to be working. No, eighteen. Well you know, we have to be precise in these things. So, um, yeah, I just think that it's interesting to see why we see how we make these assumptions about human nature and about the position of females. And in fantasy, this is becoming my my crusade that I would really like people to experiment with showing different kinds of of cultures. It doesn't have to be that particular setup, that particular dynamic. Uh, and, you know, I think it's very interesting when people talk about instead of focusing so much effort on teaching girls how to be safe and how not to be raped, what if we focus all of that effort on teaching our boys not to rape? And it's a, it's a really good question. You know, instead of this um, indulgent boys will be boys thing, this idea that boys somehow can't control themselves, you know, that they're not capable of... <laughs> like given the opportunity that they're just going to, you know, turn into some kind of rutting animal and rape anything in sight. It's like, no, no, um, good men aren't, aren't like that. And I, I saw something go by and I think this is sort of on our minds because of the pandemic and how people respond to the pandemic. But uh, somebody asked, uh, I think it was Margaret Mead. And I saw this go by on Twitter. So I apologize that I'm, totally vague on my details, but I think it was Margaret Mead. They asked her what one of the most, what, you know, a, a telling sign of civilization is, or a first sign of civilization, you know, is it like iron weapons or all this kind of thing? And she thought, and she said, it's a mended femur. If you find a skeleton with a mended femur, you know they were a civilized group of humans. And I thought that was really interesting because that real-life Lord of the Flies scenario, one of those boys did break his leg, and they mended it. And she said, you know, a, a broken femur in a group of hunter-gatherers, you know, that person can't contribute. You know, they, they're laid up. And the signs that they were tended to and taken care of long enough for that leg to heal is a sign of compassion and civilization. And I thought, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, we. I, I just feel like we need to show more of this sort of thing and not this idea of um, competition and that we're all just one step away from reverting to savagery. I saw somebody else comment on that too, saying that, um, you know, and it does seem to be like a lot of these gun-toting militia types who think that we're a bare step away from reverting to savage brutality. You know, and somebody commented and said, you know, all you guys who have this idea, we see you because this is this is how you are. This is how you think. And I think that's a really good point that it's um, coming from the perspective of that person. And being compassionate and taking care of others, even when we are pressed, is a sign of our humanity. So, let's see. Tomorrow morning, we will have Jesse Mahalik, the fabulous Jesse. Um, her book, Chaos Reigning, is, did it release on Tuesday or is it releasing? I think it's releasing this coming Tuesday. Yeah, I think it's like the 19th. Does that make sense? 15th, 16th, 17th. Yeah, it's, it comes out the 19th, I think. So, we'll have her tomorrow and I'll get to ask her all of my curious questions. Um Keep those suggestions coming. I am keeping a list. I did lock in Nalini Singh. She will be on the podcast in November. It'll be a little ways off. And I've got some other great folks coming. Beverly Jenkins, I think I mentioned that, that she's going to be on the show. And um, Kit Roca, Brian Donna, who writes as Kit Roca, will be on the show. And... A bunch of other exciting people. I'm going to try to do like one guest a week. So I haven't yet tried for Robin McKinley. I'm, yeah, I'll have to see. i have to see if I can. That's part of, you know, all of these businessy things just end up taking time. <laughs> but I'm almost done with all of my um, prep for release so that'll help free things up. So I am going to head in and try to get some words in before writer coffee. And I hope that you all are having a wonderful day, a wonderful week, that you are being careful as you resume quote-unquote normal activities. And I will be back tomorrow with Jesse. Uh, first Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You can find other podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow with Jesse. Take care. Bye-bye.